Hello, and you're listening to another Crackpot interview. I'm Ryan McBride, and today I'm speaking to Rick O'Shea, RTE2FM DJ, about his love for the arts, literature, and comic books. Enjoy. Rick, you've been incredibly busy in the arts and literary scene here, what with your book club and your poetry show, for example. What made you want to get so involved? Um, I, I never really wanted to get involved. Um, it was more an element of that, you know, reading is something that I've always been passionate about since I was a kid. I spent an inordinate amount of time um, reading, possibly more so than, than, than any normal kid. Um, I mean, I watched a lot of TV when I was a kid as well, and I kind of, you know, hung around with my mates. But, you know, when I was younger, I think particularly on family journeys up and down the country, and if I was going on holidays, I was always the one sitting in the back, you know, reading in a book, reading a book, because obviously it was pre-digital age technology, so that was the only thing you could really do to occupy yourself, shy staring at the window. So when I was a kid, I read everything from uh, Famous Five books to Secret Seven books to the Hardy Boys to the Three Investigators. Then you get older and you start reading comic books. Uh, you get older than that. I started reading science fiction when I was about kind of probably 10 or 11 when I started reading Arthur C. Clarke. And then it just went from there to the point where there's never really been a lapse period in my life where I wasn't reading books. They're really brief periods of time where you're busy for a few weeks and, and you've got stuff going on or I mean recently I was moving house so I don't think I really you know read anything properly for about four weeks but other than that it's always been something I've done and uh, you know eventually I got around to the idea of writing brief reviews of, of stuff I'm not a professional reviewer um, and then people started paying attention and then stuff started happening and I started reviewing stuff on, on Arena over on Radio 1 people started reading the reviews on the blog and then it kind of snowballed from there. I started getting involved in, in literary events. I started being asked to, to, to do stuff connected with that. And then Radio 1 came to me and said, look, we're starting a new poetry program. We haven't had one for years. Would you be interested in presenting it? And then I jumped in at the, at the deep end of that. So it, it, it's strange. The more stuff you do uh, in that world, the more stuff you get asked mm. to do in that world. Do you find that reviewing stuff uh, makes reading a more rewarding experience? I I don't think it makes reading more rewarding for me, no. However, I am one of those people that if I really like a book in particular, I'll want to press it into the hands of as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. I will want to recommend it to everybody I know. And obviously, you can do that in a far broader sense when you do it online. Now, whether it's through the blog um, or whether it's through, I mean, you know, the, the book club that I run on Facebook these days has 1,600 members in it. Mm. So it's become one of those things. And there's nothing more brilliant than having somebody come back to you a month or three months or six months later and either drop you a message on Facebook or tweet you and go, I read that book you recommended ages ago. You're right. It's the, you know, the best thing I've ever come across. Thanks so much. So I get a huge buzz out of recommending books to people and them enjoying them. And I suppose that's why I review books. I don't, you know, only review books that I like. I review everything I read. But, you know, in order to, to press the good stuff into the hands of, of, of people that I think might like it, I have to review everything. So I, I, don't, I don't think it makes reading more rewarding for me, but it, it, it's something that's enjoyable in and of itself. Do you think literature has suffered since, you know, the rise of other media? Um, personally... Uh, I don't have an answer to that. You'd need to talk to somebody mm. who's done some proper quantitative research on it. However, I, I don't necessarily think it has. I think that you will have people spending an awful lot more of their, their scrap time um, reading stuff online, whether it's short articles or whether it's just Facebook 
you know, updates. Um, I mean, if you go and look at something like, you know, traveling in and out to work on the dart, if you were doing that 15, 20 years ago, you would have had a huge amount of people who would have been either just listening to music or reading books. These days, you have a lot of people who are simply scrolling through their phones and looking through their social media or, or doing whatever it is they're doing. But there's still a load of people reading books. I mean, if you talk to people who sell books, book sales haven't suffered incredibly uh, since the, the rise of instant digital media all around you all the time. People still want to read long-form stories. Mm. Um, so in terms of sales, it hasn't... I mean, people read differently these days, obviously, because a lot of people read on Kindles or they read on their tablets. Um, but the overall level of, of people reading stuff, I, do, I don't think, has, has suffered at all. You mentioned earlier you uh, you like comic books. Uh, I just remember you gave a talk at DCU a couple of years ago, and I, missing the entire point of it, zoomed in on you talking about your interest in comic books from when you were young. What got you into them? Um, oh, it was probably, do you know what, it was probably Eason's. And it was a combination of two things. It was every Saturday I used to go in with my grandparents into Eason's and O'Connell Street in Dublin. Um, that was the standard Saturday day. They'd pick me up at my parents' house, we'd go into town, I'd go into Eason's, and I'd, you know, occasionally I'd buy books, but a lot of the time it was I, I, I'd buy comics. So it started off with, you know, stuff like the Beano and the Dandy when I was a small kid. And then, you know, you graduate to, to American comics and to Marvels and DCs and the relatively small amount of them they had there. Um, they used to be really readily available, strangely, in small, uh, uh, small corner shops down the country when I was on holidays. And we used to go down to Wexford all the time. So... You know, I'd end up stopping off in little towns and loads of them would have really old editions of, you know, the Human Fly comic from 1978. They'd probably been sitting there since 1978, but I grabbed everything and I read it. And then once I reached a certain age and I figured out that there was the, the, there were comic book stores in Dublin. In fact, what happened was, was one Saturday I was in Easton's and I saw a guy wandering around Easton's with a bag with comic books in it that I'd never seen before from a place called the Twilight Zone, which I didn't know existed. Mm. So I followed him, and I said, listen, where is that? What's the story? And he said, it's down in the Abbey Mall, the mall on Abbey Street, which is now the Epicurean Food Hall. Um, this was probably about 86, 87. Yeah. And yeah. I eventually went down to the shop to go nosing around, and it was a proper, fully dedicated comic book store. I mean, it's where I bought my original editions of Watchmen when Watchmen came out. It's where I bought... Um, it's where I bought Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. And eventually, of course, when I arrived, the guy that I'd met on the street and asked was working behind the desk. And he said, yeah, listen, we do that all the time. We wander around with comic books in bags so people will ask us where it's from. It's like a form of advertising. And, you know, so I got started there. And then Forbidden Planet came to Dublin. And weirdly, before they did that, I used to order stuff on, on mail order from Forbidden Planet in the UK, again, pre-internet. And, you know, everything just snowballed from there. To be honest with you, I, I don't read, you know, I don't really read as much uh, comic books pretty much at all these days. I read the occasional graphic novel. I still have a ton of stuff that's hung around from the time I was in my late teens, early 20s. But that's how, how it all started for me. So, okay, so what's it like then interacting with today's comic book audience? Are they into a whole different, you know, range of stuff? Or can you really, can you uh, relate to them? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, they're the same people. We're all the same, you know, guys and girls who so are all into, you know, slightly niche, slightly weird left field stuff. I think, you know, there's a whole other group of people who are into, into, say, into specifically superheroes these days because obviously superheroes dominate pop culture now, whether it's in movies or whether it's TV shows. But the type of people who are going into places like The Big Bang or who are going into Forbidden Planet and are still buying comic books, they're still the same type of people that they were 10 years, 15 years, 20 years ago. You know, 
we're all still the same kind of, you know, slightly nerdy, slightly left field, you know, interested in our own thing, people that, that we always were. No, I, I, I think they're, they're pretty much the, the same group of people. But have comic book fans now obsessed themselves with finding the best, you know, the most alternative comic books to combat this whole geek chic thing that came along? Or, or was there, or were they trying to make themselves holier than now than these new blue ones? Oh, uh, you know, I, I think every form of fandom has people like that who have, you know, they're, they're you know, it's it's like you know hipsters with music. It's like you know I've always listened to the band before you ever heard. <laughs> every a single type of fandom has those sort of people in them. I don't think they make up the vast majority of people who are in that kind of fandom. I think most people who are in 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 any kind of pop culture fandom are, are pretty open about that kind of thing. But you know, every one of them has those those people who are always striving to find the most left field, obscure, interesting stuff. And it's great, you know, you know, as long as they don't try and hold it over your head and smack you with it. You know, I'm always for digging out the most obscure, weird, strange left field stuff you can you can find. But do you think this prevents people from getting interested? No, I don't, because it never stopped me. I mean, I when I did it when I was a kid, it was pretty much a solitary experience. I mean, I had a couple of mates who read comics. I had none of them who would go into into town and go to places like Forbidden Planet or the Twilight Zone. So when I was a kid, and again pre-internet days, so there weren't websites, there weren't you know there weren't message boards, there weren't you know there wasn't any ability to meet other people that way. It was pretty much a solitary experience for 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 me. I just you know I read comic books for the sake of enjoying the stories, liking the comic books, liking the art, and, and liking what people did. Hmm. Do you think people should consider comic books an art form? I mean, are they legitimate enough to be revered in art galleries or school books alongside the Da Vinci's or the Picasso's, or do you think they're just you know for entertainment? No, I, I think I think like anything else, I, I I don't. Well, maybe I'm wrong that there are pieces of art from comic books that deserve to be in art galleries. There probably are, and I mean, I suppose all you could do is look at somebody like Roy Lichtenstein, mm. who you know was one of the most famous pop culture artists of the 20th century, and he made a fortune out of parodying comic book art. And of you know taking these giant panels, I love Lichtenstein stuff. I've been to exhibitions. I saw an exhibition of his in Chicago a couple of years ago, and his stuff is fantastic. And there are elements of comic book art that are beautiful in and of themselves. They genuinely are. I absolutely think that comic book art, or comic books, belong in some of them belong in the canon of great literature. I don't think you will find a lot of people who will disagree with you if you look at. The Watchmen, the V for Vendettas, the you know the, the Neil Gaiman Sandman. There's there are tons of uh, you know of either graphic novels that stand alone by themselves or of comic book things that belong within that genre. Look at Art Spiegelman's Mouse. Uh, you know if you want to take it out of comic books and specifically into, into graphic novels or or Persepolis. Um, so I think without question there are some of them, but that belong in great literature. I'm not sure if you know they're giant comic book panels that you know deserve to hang in the Tate Modern maybe there are though again I come back to the Lichtenstein thing I don't know jury's out on that one mm. so do you think that they play an important you know social commentary role or cultural role Oh, always, and I think these days, particularly much more so than when I was growing up, you know, comic books were, they were superhero comic books. Those were the only ones that existed. So the only ones that you could really read were, you know, Marvel's DCs, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Avengers, whatever. I think these days, the nature of the comic book has grown exponentially and now covers absolutely everything. So you can very easily find huge amounts of, uh, of graphic novels 
uh, or comic books that cover areas of social commentary that deal with areas of historical problem. I mean, even I mentioned Mouse, which you know it, it deals with the Holocaust, or um, Persepolis, which is is all about living in Iran. I, I think without question that comic books cover every possible aspect uh, of modern social commentary. It just depends on, on where you find them and what you're looking for. Mm. Okay, that's very good. Thanks very much, Rick. That was great. Cool. No problems. My pleasure. Rick O'Shea from 2FM there. If you're angry at me for not talking about radio, don't be afraid to vent in the comment box below. If you liked it, however, the comment box is still there. You can subscribe and don't be afraid to like and share on social media. Thanks very much for listening. I'm Ryan McBride.